0: You like Star Wars? Yeah. How old are you? Nine and a half. Do you know what the problem is with you kids today? You guys think that all science fiction started in 1977 with Star Wars. Man, what about movies like um, like Forbidden Planet, The Day the Earth Stood Still, Solaris. What about Logan's Run? Did you ever see that? No. It's probably some dumb sports movie anyways. Sports movie? Dude, Rollerball's a sports movie, man. When I was your age, Logan's Run was the greatest movie that I ever saw. It's the 23rd century, you got hot babes everywhere, life's great. But then when you turn 30, these special police, they come, and they hunt you down and they kill you. Does this mean anything at all to you? I like Men in Black. Okay, come on, kid, we got some work to do. Run, (laughs) runner. The 1970s was an interesting time for science fiction and fantasy. But not all of it has withstood the test of time. Hey, they can't all be Star Wars. On today's pod, Dwight and I discussed the 1976 sci-fi thriller Logan's Run, starring Michael York, Jenny Augurter, and Roscoe Lee Brown. It's the story of Logan 5, a policeman in a future where people are not allowed to live past the age of 30. Once they turn 30, they must go through the ritual of carousel and potentially be renewed, live on, or terminated some of them choose to run, hence the name of the film. Dwight and I discussed the utopian and dystopian nature of this story, the film's practical effects, there was zero CGI back then, the casting of a then-unknown Farrah Fawcett, other sci-fi films from the 60s and 70s like Planet of the Apes, Soylent Green, and Westworld, as well as the unusual timing of a movie like Logan's Run being released in theaters exactly one year before Star Wars. There is... No, Sanctuary. Well, maybe there isn't one in Logan's future, but don't let that stop you from listening to our playback review of the 1976 science fiction thriller, Logan's Run. Michael York was a pretty motherfucker, yo. He was,
1: yo. I was surprised, man. It's like, damn. He was a handsome bastard, yo. He was a handsome bastard, yo. Like, it was like, what the fuck? Look like, at his, your features are all ang- uh, angled and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, yeah,
0: yeah, man. Yeah, he was, he was really an attractive guy. And I mean, this is a guy who's standing next to Jenny Agutter for, yeah, you know, for two thirds of the film who's, you know, she's already quite lovely, but I was like, man.
1: Yeah, it was weird, man. It was like wow, just he was like angelic almost, dude. In some ways, like what, what the fuck? Yeah, like he could have been like like Michael or Gideon or whoever coming down from,
0: <laughs> from the, yeah, on or, his back. or played yeah. like a blonde Jesus or something. I guess the the British accent would have would have. Well, I guess they always do that anyway. But right, he was he was killing it, man. I was I was thrown off.
1: I, I was like whoa. Yeah, this is still the, my he changed definitely. He, his his looks definitely went went south, you know, as far as that goes. But I mean, he was definitely like wow. Yeah, striking.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he's certainly you know as he got older he, and he just mm-hmm. aged, but he I mean as he got older, you know like uh, my, my my most lasting memory of him in recent times is of course I think Basil in uh, Austin Powers. Yeah, <laughs> you know Austin, you can't do that anymore, Austin. You're a relic, <laughs> you know. Right, right. But yeah, he was he was he was really really an attractive guy, almost like impossibly good looks. Like wow, yeah. And I and I was doing a little bit of re- research. He he apparently didn't really want to do Logan's Run at first. Okay. And um and somebody he was working with talked him into it. They you know they were a science fiction fan. They went, oh you've got to do it. I've read the book. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. Right. Right. Um and that's kind of how he got uh he got talked into it. Uh before we kind of get into meat and potatoes about the movie and all that kind of stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um this is my first time actually seeing the movie front to back oh really okay all the way through yeah yeah i'd always seen it in sections you know and and then and kind of pieced it together and then it's such a a a, uh, a pop cultural touchstone mm-hmm. and gets referenced you know so often you know in in, the, in nerd circles that we run in that i was familiar with it but like what's your what's your uh what's your relationship with the with the with the movie
1: i saw it. my father took me to see that movie theater bro back in the day oh wow yeah <laughs> Yeah, like back freaking 1975, 1976, whatever it was, I was there at the movie theater watching that movie. And it was weird because, you know, I'm realizing, like, after watching the rewatch, watching how, how, like, graphic it was, how how there was, like, there was nudity. Oh, yeah. Like, full on. Yeah. I mean, strikingly. I was like, wow. And this set of PG? I guess PG's meant more back then than they do now. You know, PG's been, they were like, PG's were like R's back then. Yeah. You know, to some degree. And it was like, Wow. I was surprised, like, wow, this is they're they're full they're full Monty in the situation, in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So when I saw it when I was a kid, I didn't have it. There was no there was no shame in being nude, so I, did, so I didn't have any real reaction to it. So it was like, okay, there was no no sexual energy at that time, you know. So it's like, okay, they're just nude, whatever, you know. My father didn't didn't mention it, you know, and and I I enjoyed it based on the the the, the, the science fiction and the, and the the, the 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 energetic nature of it, you know. Mm-hmm. But what strikes me as weird. Now, upon the rewatch, it's like okay, all these dudes had these these everybody dressed in these 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 these, these rainbow colored outfits, you know? Right. And it was like obviously the hairstyles of, of that time, you know, with the the, the the like the really like like long luxurious locks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed um, um, some of the effects, of course, are dated because for that time is what. Oh my god. Or, Oh my God, sir. <laughs> but but you know, but but the, the heart the heart still is still maintained and it was it was very re- it's very much a um a while well, it's a film of his time, there's a lot of relational things that go into this time in it. Like I like I found with Fast Times at Regiment High that I discussed with Adrian a couple of days mm-hmm. ago. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, it very much is, you know, a thing where you can see like 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 um spores of activity um that that re- are relevant in today's day's world, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think the, uh, like, as you mentioned about the uh, the close and all of that, uh, and not to get too deep into it, but that was something that I was struck by as well. I was like, you know, the difference between how Logan's run presents a future world mm-hmm. versus, let's say, something like a year later, how Star Wars does. You know, and Star Wars is not really presenting our future. It's a future, you know, from a, a different galaxy. Well, it's a past from a different galaxy.
1: Well, a pass from a different galaxy. Again. Right. But yeah. I mean they're
0: they're technically more advanced than we are now. Yeah. Uh but you see even with that great technical advancement, you know, in this future for Logan's run, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, everybody is, is kind of a, you know, you're supposed to dress kind of similarly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, behave similarly. Every you know, the society kind of imposes a certain kind of uh, uh, choice on you, in, yeah, restriction or choices on you in terms of what you're going to be and do and what your role in society is, and mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it's very clean and very kind of uh, homogenized and, and sterile and, and sterile, yeah, as opposed mm-hmm. to Star Wars, where again the future is dilapidated, mm-hmm. but it's it's a past future, so it's dilapidated and lived in. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. you see in Star Wars, you see um, like imperialism has gone run amok and capitalism and religion, you know, as it relates to the Jedis and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that kind of, you know, that kind of thing. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, the movie came out in
1: 1976.
0: Okay. Uh, So one year, literally one year before Star Wars.
1: Right. Right.
0: Stars Michael York, uh, Jenny Auguter. Uh, Roscoe Lee Brown, the voice of Roscoe Lee Brown, as uh, as Box the robot, yeah, right. Richard Jordan and uh, Peter Eustonoff in, awesome. uh, in a in sh- a in a short a short almost longer than the cameo, but a uh, uh, the casting of of a then unknown Farrah Fawcett as Holly. She was unknown then. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Charlie's Angels didn't. She wasn't on Charlie's Angels yet. Charlie's Angels came out the same year, but later that year. Okay. So she booked that and ca- and got cast in Charlie's Angels, and it came out. That was that came out that same year. Wow. Okay. So. Wow. And as a matter of fact, I I believe uh, it was Michael York, who suggested her for the movie because he saw her like on a tennis court in L.A. and thought she was hot.
1: Okay. Wow. And I
0: get and I guess she was like a wannabe uh, actress or whatever, and then so he got her the part. Nice. Oh uh, yeah yeah, but um and directed by a guy named Michael Anderson and the script is by uh, David Goodman uh and the score by the great Jerry Goldsmith yo let's not right. forget Jerry Goldsmith right,
1: yo right.
0: yeah it's wall man you talk about a dirge man yeah i don't know if he actually did the the sound design for that kind of stuff but he definitely did all all the strings and you know the you know the theme and everything for the yeah okay all right but uh, this this wasn't a huge hit. And I like I said, I never saw it in, t- uh, in its entirety until today. You know, I saw bits and pieces of it on television. Okay. Um, you know, here and there and on cable when it would be on. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as the, uh, the story goes, I wanted to ask you about this because this is the rare movie, science fiction movie, you know, from the 70s, like you mentioned, you know, c- kind of. You know, kind of you know meager, hum- humble, practical effects. Right. But it's a utopian and a dystopian. Yeah, very much. So. Story at the same it. time. Did you catch that? Yeah. I
1: did. I did. It starts off. It starts off utopian, then it ran, uh, then actually it goes south. hmm It goes. It starts becomes dystopian, like because the people that were there to maintain the structure of the utopia were, were getting questioned about what the structure of that utopia was. And perhaps I think dystopian from the, from the point of view of the, the sand the sandmen and 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 they were they were upholding the, the policemen they're upholding the, the the structure of what society is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But from the point of view of the runners, it's always been a dystopian uh, thing to them. They always felt like they were being oppressed. I mean, you had to go to carousel and be renewed. Right. And if you weren't, I, I, nobody nobody was ever renewed. Everybody was basically just like shot up in the air on the trapeze.
0: Right. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. Right. You know. It's- and for anyone who's listening who hasn't seen it, you know um, spoilers. Yeah, exactly. Spoilers <laughs> abound. But uh, it, it depicts a utopia, like I said, a, a utopian uh, future society uh, on the surface. But then when you look below, you find out, like he said, it, it is dystopian. And basically, it, it's uh, the story follows uh, Logan Five, mm-hmm. who is a Sandman, mm-hmm. and um, in this future. You know, no one lives past the age of 30. Mm-hmm. So once you turn 30, you, you know, are expected to go into the ritual of carousel and possibly be, be quote, using our quote fingers, renewed. Renewed. Right. Uh, <laughs> or be terminated, basically. Basically, right. when a ba- I guess they can control the births as well. So it's like when a baby is born, somebody's got to die because they're all living under this plastic dome on Earth because the outside world, they've been told, is uninhabitable. And there's limited resources in the dome So this is just the way that way they come up with, uh, as kind of like a population control. Right. And so the sand men are like Dwight said, the policemen who are, you know, basically if you, if you have somebody who won't go to carousel and they try to run, run runner, run runner. Yeah. They they hunt (laughs) them down and they shoot them and they kill them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny too, because, you know, this came out in the seventies, you know, during the sixties and late sixties, and the seventies, you -hmm. know, there was a lot of talk about, you know, um, World hunger, Mm -hmm. running out of food, running out of resources, overpopulation, right. And so this uh, this story, which was written in nineteen, based on a book written in nineteen sixty seven, you know, kind of plays with those themes, but in more of a futuristic sense. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. What What did you think about? I mean, some some of the conclusions that were drawn there, um, in terms of, you know, being a dystopian. Uh, setting when, when Logan goes when when Logan kills when Logan did not kill him actually Francis did mm-hmm. actually actually got kind of killed himself when he jumps off the balcony <laughs> <you know. laughs> yeah, yeah he kind of did you know <laughs> <laughs> he kind of killed himself bro you know but when Logan gets gets the Ankh. Mm-hmm. and and that becomes the thing where she, he he brings before the the, the robotic you know uh, chief council or whatever mm-hmm. and the the ro- the the robot, the robot uh, sentiment, he, they were dismayed by that and it was like that, that immediately put logan in that hot seat to make him the one that he was going to to get the mission to discover where sanctuary was and it's like it, it was like it was weird because it was like it was like oh, so, so the robot who who controls the robots Does robot control the society are they, tr- are they totally they totally automated society that, that 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 allows for which it says in the wikipedia version that there's that, that that all kinds of want and need was dealt was 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 taken care of by several mechanisms, which is weird for the time so it's like right uh, so i guess the the term robot really wasn't fully like a thing which was being used with a great deal of of, of you know um, commonality back then. Because social mechanism is like a weird, a weird terminology for it. <laughs> right,
0: right. What? <laughs> when I when what? I read that too, I was like, wait, what? Huh? You know. All right. But yeah, that that was the impression that I got is is that they have, like today, you know, they have robots and they have automation mm-hmm. to take care of all of these kinds of you know uh, functions in their society. So people can just basically just kind of live and be pleasurable and have sex and eat. Yeah, hedonic society. Right. Yeah. He yeah. To,
1: yeah. And they were dressed as such. They were dressed they were dressed like they these guys weren't body armored. They walked around in in, in black and gray pajamas, you know? Right, right, I right, right. right. <laughs> like,
0: like this like uh, like a chiffon top or yeah. whatever and, and you know, and gold chokers and whatnot. It yeah, was yeah. It, it was all very like kind of chill. Yeah, it was. But but no, yeah, and, and you know, it's funny too, because uh apparently some of the differences between the book mm-hmm. and the film Because the book was written again, came out in '67, and I think it was pretty much uh, optioned right away. But it took you know almost ten years, wow, uh, for to you know for you know the movie to be released. But in the book, uh, it wasn't the age of thirty; it was the age of twenty-one. Oh, damn! And they up they upped it to thirty. You know, nice uh, for the uh, for the film. And then also, and this is interesting too. As adaptations go, Carousel was a complete creation for the film. It's not in the book at all. Wow. Okay. You know, and you think about how pivotal- Central. Uh, uh, yeah, how central a, a part it plays in the story, in the film, but it's not It's not in the book at all. Wow. Okay. So, um, but I think the other thing too that I like about it as dystopian, you know, society kind of you know, falling apart or whatever. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, I like is is that regardless of all the technology and all of the advancement and all of the everything that we have, mm-hmm. you know, that people still cling to, you know, to rituals and superstition and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a certain amount of ignorance connected with those things. It's like, oh, we can't go outside because It said it's bad. You know, right. it's, it's 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 bad outside. So we just won't even try anymore, you know. Right. Right. And how you know we we kind of get lulled into this sense of of comfort and um and confidence in you know in 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 our leaders in society about everything and and not realizing that, okay, well, wait a minute, maybe. Maybe we can't, you know, maybe it's different, you know, maybe it's right. th- it's different than it was before, you know.
1: Right. Not challenging anything. And I, I found it was interesting, too, like you, like you saw that their, their, their pleasure centers were always the thing which they were concerned with for the most part. They were all yeah. about libations and, 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 and having sex and picking sex partners. Through their, through their version of, of of the internet you know and and you know
0: swipe left and right you' all swipe left and right <laughs> pretty much pretty much you know,
1: and, you know and you know it, it was a thing where you know he came across Jessica Jessica five mm-hmm. or Jessica seven Jessica six one of the five is funny five six seven you know, it's Logan five, Jessica six, and Francis seven Francis seven,
0: exactly. <laughs> you know?
1: And then there the, you get get the whole nine. But no. Um no man, so they, 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 you know, as he as he picks Jessica, you know, he she's he's want to have sex with her, you know. And it was there was no question of like anything else beyond that, you know, and she was like, No, I don't I don't choose to. It was weird it was like it was you felt the male gaze of the seventies in that moment. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it was it was a strong, you know, I am man, you have sex, you know, I pick you, you know. Right. But apparently apparently she actually picked him because when she stepped into that terminal situation, you know, there, there's 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 a question to answer type situation. Is there is there is a I request and I receive type situation because she could have, you know, like not done not, not not gone in there at all, apparently what was going on there. I thought to be fascinating, interesting. Right.
0: Yeah, and and it's not dissimilar from other movies and other things we've seen where, you know, there is a person who's obviously the, uh, the protagonist of the story. Mm-hmm. And they encounter someone who they think is kind of, like, for instance, like, um, I don't know if you remember the movie Deadlock with uh, Rutger Hauer. Yeah, okay, yeah. With the collars in prison. Right. And then Mimi Rogers is in prison with him. And then she kind of seeks him out and she starts telling him, you know, hey, 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 you know, I, I know our collars are linked. We need to run together or whatever. She has information that he that he doesn't have. He thinks it's oh, it's just an attractive woman who's talking right, to me. Right. But she's picking him. Same thing with like Trinity in the Matrix. You know, that she's mm-hmm. she's picking him for a reason. He doesn't know it yet. But yes, but she actually did ch- choose him. And um and like you said, you know, at least I mean this 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 movie definitely wouldn't hold up under Me Too scrutiny. No. You know, today, you know, but because um, he's like, he just like basically like, like you said, their version of the Internet and she just kind of appears and he's like, oh, look at you. And then he just kisses her on the lips and he just grabs her hand. Let's make love. Right. You know, and, and it was <laughs> weird because he was wearing that like that black moo moo. Right. <laughs> he <just> walking around in <laughs> that black moo moo. It's, it's, it's on black
1: negligee, yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know.
0: Let's let's talk a little bit about the cast, man. Because okay. York at the time was he wasn't he would never have been on our radars even as young kids. No, you know I mean he had been in like Murder on the Orient Express and like Cabaret or something like that.
1: Okay, okay.
0: But um, but Jenny Agutter, we know later from American Werewolf in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and later and after, later after that, you know, Captain America: Civil War. Captain America: Civil War. Yeah, she was. She was in that. And um, and Roscoe Lee Brown. You've seen his face. You know his. Did you look his face? Look at look his picture up. I didn't. I didn't. What is he? Is he? Is he? Is he black? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's okay. black guy, bald. He's kind of got the Sherman Hemsley. Oh vibe. yeah,
1: Roscoe Lee Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah great, <laughs> but, great voice for obvious well, yeah, reasons. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And he did like a lot of T V, like Maude and Sanford mm-hmm. and son mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I think he shows up in like uh Jumpin' Jack Flash or one of those Whoopi Goldberg movies in the eighties. I think he was in Roots too, yeah. I seem to recall him being in Roots too. He, one point, he yo. may have been,
1: yeah. Roots was Russell's at was a was a black catch all back in this back in the seventies too, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean you had people from, you know, good times and Exactly. Uh, you know, uh and whatnot in it, uh, <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah, man. And then you got like Peter Houston off. You know, plays mm-hmm. the old man, mm-hmm. and then Richard Jordan, who plays Francis Seven. Mm-hmm. You know, he was in uh, the Hunt for Red October. He was in Posse. Yo, did you remember him from Posse? I did, yo, I did. Yeah, yeah.
1: My my, my next memory memories of Richard Richard Jordan was in uh, the first uh, 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 Dune movie with David Lynch.
0: Oh, was he in it? Was he in that?
1: Yeah, he yeah he plays. Um, he's a character that uh, that um, Jason Momoa plays. Oh, uh, Duncan. Duncan, yeah, he's Duncan. Okay, he's Duncan. Okay, yeah, yeah, Duncan Idaho.
0: Okay, very
1: interesting. Yeah, it's kind of kind of cool.
0: Yeah, he was also in the Friends of Eddie Coyle. That's a movie that Adrian will know. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. like a, a crime crime fiction. Uh, okay. Uh, film from the seventies. Yeah, he was a handsome dude too, yo. They they picked they picked yeah. pretty
1: people for a reason. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they did. Like you are yo. trying to perfect the idea of the utopian the utopian look, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Speaking of utopian and the future and all that kind of stuff, yo. Mm-hmm. So I had a couple of things like obviously we talked about like the, the clothes and the look and even yeah. the sets right uh, and cl- and clearly they were using miniature models for this I mean you oh know, yeah the, oh my
1: god
0: <laughs> <laughs> the two mobiles yo oh my god yeah yeah yo that that shit was high wheels like a motherfucker yo <laughs> <It really worked.
1: laughs> yeah yo but, it was it was but, pretty obvious
0: yeah. But as it relates to it being the future, I was like, okay, so basically in 1976, they said the future is a mall, right? It was like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like everybody was running around like in the Omni and shit, yo. Right, right. Yeah,
1: yeah. You never saw them eating anything, yo. It was always drinking, yeah, and frolicking and in sex clubs and shit, yo. It was, it was you know,
0: yeah. Um, and then also, you know, like, uh, you talking about like the sex clubs? So if I had seen this movie, like I, I would have been 10 when this came out, right? Right. If I had seen this movie, you know, at 14, 13, 14, 15, mm-hmm. this movie would have been absolute catnip for teenage me. Because I'd be like, you know, like the orgy scene where they go in the orgy room. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and Logan and Jessica get separated and they can't talk and they're kind of waving and gesturing to one another.
1: Right. Right.
0: And then i was, you know, I was like, okay, I can see like a slight boob, right? I see some nipple, I see some booty. I think I see a butt crack, you know? Right, right, yeah, yeah. And I, and 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 at first in that scene, I was like, okay, well, this is as deep as it's gonna get. And then later on, he and uh, he and Jessica, Logan and Jessica, end up like disrobing in the uh, when they come through the ice.
1: Yeah, an ice, and, an ice, the ice box. Yeah, yeah and she's we'll just like
0: fully it. nude, right? Like just fully, fully nude. Yeah, and then later on, they get in the water and they're swimming. And when they realize that, they're, uh, that their life clocks uh, don't work outside of the, the city, mm-hmm. and they're both swimming nude. And at first I was thinking, okay, well, this is just like you said, the male gaze or whatever. It's just going to be her and, and mostly women's bodies. And then, you know, some dudes in the orgy room. But then when they're swimming, they're both swimming and sk- they're both skinny dipping. And you can see that uh, Michael York is, na- is naked and she's naked too. Yeah. Yeah. Bucket naked. Yeah. Which, you know. Yeah. Not not a, not a bad thing. Not a not a bad thing at all. Right, right, <laughs> right.
1: You know, I'm not mad at him. Not at all. Not at all. There's the, the something I was going to mention. I forgot what it was, man. But it was along the lines of, um, like, I, I was surprised that when, as I was reading the credits, trying to figure out who did the do the, uh, the the concept design, I was surprised there's no mention of Sid Mead in it, bro. Because it has a very strong yeah. Sid Mead yeah. influence. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But it's but there's no no credit for Sid Mead in there, dude. I was wondering if in his in his bio if he if he's I think he actually is actually credited in his bio for doing
0: some doing some work on it. I seem to recall that cuz I remember when when we were me through you when I was going through a real Sid Mead phase mm-hmm. and I was, you know, reading up on him and, and just kind of checking, you know, checking out all the stuff that he had had his hand in. I seem to recall that too. Yeah. It was weird. Um and he would have been the go-to guy back then for this. For sure you Know certainly predating, you know, what you know, what we now know to be, you know, concept art. Uh, mm-hmm. he definitely would have been the person that they would have gone to. But what did you think of? And we've talked about this before when we uh, when we had Robert Meyer Burnett on, uh, and talked about Free Enterprise, right? The uh, the sound design, you know, was very had that weird synthy 70s, ew, ew, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You
1: know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very, very, very much a, very much a, like a, a, a 2001 Space Odyssey reject, you know? I mean, Yeah, it was. It was yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it had that. You know, um, pre-pre-Vangelis. Feel to it, you know, <laughs> yeah, with, with, with Blade Runner, it was, it was, you know, for the time, it was good. I mean, for the time, you you felt like you were in the future. And that's what they wanted you to feel, you know. But it was, it was, but going back to it again, it's like, man, no, this this needs more, you know. That that one that one cascading note to to make things, you know, amp things up was it was just really really not not enough to carry carry the scene, you know. And it would so it would go
0: back and forth between these kinds of weird. Synthy noises and, and kinds of, you know, odd effect sounds to traditional kind of, cause I consider this more like, as opposed to like a sci fi adventure, it's really more like a sci fi thriller. Yeah. You know, you know, people kind of being hunted or whatever. And, and so it would go back to like a traditional thriller. Right. And when he, and when Logan in that, that, that near the third act, when Logan is fighting with, uh, Francis with uh, Francis and he's beating yeah. him with that flagpole yeah and then the you know the orchestra and the piano are hitting every time he hits him bang yeah <laughs> bang bang <laughs> right
1: right he's like telling him stay down stay down you know, yeah you know, he, didn't, he didn't say that it's funny man as a, as a kid and after and singing as an adult maybe like like maybe 20 years ago whatever I seem to recall like ending differently than it did. I seem to recall him like impaling Francis with with the, with the with the pole. That's not what happened though. He just basically beat him up, beat him so bad that he couldn't no longer breathe. Right. You know, with the, with the pole. So it was weird how your how your perspective switches, man. Yeah. What do you what do you think about some of the outside environment, man? Outside environment, man. In terms of um like, obviously the dome was built right outside of outside of Washington. <laughs> Cause right. It's like right because he walk out they see they see the first thing you see is the uh, the. Um, What's the the uh, Washington Monument first, right? And then they see later they see the 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 uh, Lincoln's uh, what do we call Lincoln the Memorial, uh, Memorial. Yeah, it's like it was weird to see that, you know. And that was like a, like a, like a trope back in science fiction back then too to have those kinds of things blend in. If you think about like
0: well, the, yeah, and then and then like uh, when they finally catch up with the old man or meet the old man played by Peter Ustinov, mm-hmm. and he's in what's obviously like a congressional chamber. That's obviously I mean it's a matte painting. And, and with a little bit of set but i mean but that's clearly where he is like you said and and it kind of connects back to like planet of the apes where you know at the yeah. end you know with yeah. this, with the with the uh uh statue of liberty mm-hmm. you know as a symbol of our world and what we recognize versus fallen society right yeah, yeah. A fallen society yeah 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 but it was, it was great man Hey, man, did you catch... This was probably the whitest movie I have ever seen, yo. Yeah. I mean, there was zero brown people in this flick. There were a few at the end, coming coming down the steps. But if, he, but but if you blinked,
1: you would miss them. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> seriously, seriously. I thought the same thing. I was like, wow, okay, so,
0: yeah, there's no... No Asian people. Right. No brown people. Nope. Like, just nothing. And it's like... But it was California beach
1: babes and du- beach dudes, you know, yeah. dressed <laughs> dressed in, in, in silk pajamas, you know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was it was really strange and striking. And my wife actually started watching it uh, when I started watching it, mm-hmm. and she noticed it too. She we was like, yeah, there, there, there are no brown faces, no Asian faces, no yeah, like you know, the future is like stark white, <laughs> right, 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 you know. I I guess as you have the male gaze, you have the Caucasian gaze, I guess, too. But, right. Yeah. um, But mentioning, man, um, Planet of the Apes, Mm -hmm. how does this fare? I guess, well, how does this, well, how do you think this fares with some of the other things that came along in the 60s and 70s -hmm. as far as science fiction, you know, mostly films? And I don't necessarily want to talk about television, Mm -hmm. but like Planet of the Apes, you mentioned 2001. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh west world i think was just before this uh with yul brenner uh the omega man with charlton heston right right you know uh soylent green and other stuff like that like right. how do you think this fares as as a you know as as a piece of science fiction from that decade is it is it is it high on the list for you is it kind of center or i think in terms of if we if we talk about if we talk about uh, Planet
1: of the Apes and we talk about the Omega Man, we talk about um,
0: yeah, Demon Seed and uh...
1: Demon Seed, yeah. And I mean, this this it's funny. Everything shifted up to Star Wars. So the next the fi- next next year, everything went you know, Dirty Future, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, pseudo religious aspects of things. There there was no uh, I think the science fiction prior to Star Wars goes back to. Um, Either utopian futures or dystopian futures, and they focus heavily on, on, on the human equation and how things kind of are going to tilt, you know how things just change. All of a sudden, everything is bad, you know, right? Uh, Where Star Wars is more inclusive. It was, it was, it was like you said, it was, it was a, a governmental, you know, imperials versus rebels. It was, it was, there were, there were, there were verses versus acceptance, right? There was no everybody was accepting of the situation until one man, one person became enlightened and didn't accept it anymore, you know. Um, right. As as, compo- as opposed to with exception being a Planet of the Apes, I think Planet of Apes is probably the the best movie of the genre of that time, you know. And the Lo- Logan's Run is probably a close second to that. But Logan's Run was different, though. Logan's Run was, it was um, they they were using lasers lasers in a different way, you know. They were doing they were trying to make you the best you you possibly could be. Even the Sand Men. Um, when they were, you know, got in a fight with some of the, the cubs quote unquote, um, in, 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 the city where they were locked off into different little sections, they were able to go and get cosmetic surgery and get cleaned up and get fixed up, you know? Right. Um, right. I found one of the most disturbing scenes. It was disturbing back then when I was a kid. It's disturbing now was when, when the, uh, the, the, the guy jumps, the, the runner jumps. And they had these guys coming on, on on hover, 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 uh, hover oh, yeah, sight, yeah, yeah. Sight. <laughs> and they go in and they, and they, I guess they, 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 they freeze his body. and They disintegrate him. He turns like this pulpy mass of, of bowel. Yeah.
0: It was disgusting. It was disgusting then disgusting now, you know, <laughs> it really was, you know what, you know, what freaked me out. That was freaky, that? but what freaked me out was when Logan was going to have the plastic surgery and he's on the table Mm-hmm and the doctor we you know we get a sense that the doctor has has sinister uh has sinister intentions right and 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 those lasers are flickering around and you realize okay these these lasers are going to you know cut him to pieces right and then he ends up fighting with the with the plastic surgeon doctor and forcing him on the table and the lasers just basically just like cut him in into and in, just like slice him into pieces and it was like oh
1: yeah yeah
0: you know and you saw it coming you knew it was coming you know yeah 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 but but you know I think that's an ac- an excellent point you you make as far as just how much of an evolutionary leap there was when Star Wars came out like when mm-hmm. that was it a star destroyer in the very beginning? Yes and it goes overhead exactly and it's like oh my God you know right. this
1: is immense right
0: yeah and 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 they clearly spent you know Star Wars they clearly spent more time on the models mm-hmm. and how they moved and how they photographed them and it was just so much more believable. Yeah. Than what we had seen prior, and I think also too, Star Wars has always to me been less science fiction and really more like fantasy and adventure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you know they were embracing more of you know the human story within these elements as opposed to you know like you said the stuff that came from you know late seventies and prior, you know two thousand one and Planet of the Apes and all of that. You know those things were more beholden to. <clears throat> Science fiction novels, Asimov and Bradbury, mm-hmm. and um, you know these kinds of fears, Arthur Clark. right? Arthur C. Clarke. These kinds of fears of the future and where technology is taking us, and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. how it's going to change us, and kind of a kind of a distrust, if you will, versus you know Star Wars, like you said, which just fu- kind of fully embraced. You know, these ideas and then really just told a human story of I'm a guy who's trying to find my place in the in the world, in the galaxy. You know, I'm trying to find family. I'm trying to find connection. I'm trying to figure out who I am, you know, as a as a younger person. Um, yeah,
1: it, it, it very much it, it very much is, is that. And I think one of the things I found interesting as far as themes goes was this is the, this is the 23rd century, right? Mm-hmm. So we're two centuries away from that. And you know, back in like 1989, 1990, when Terminator came along, there was a different tale of how robots took over. You know, this is this is more this is more in line of what what Hal would have done in terms of mm-hmm. their their you know even 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 the operator even the even the operator that that um, they use in the, as as a police officer a police director person thing uh, was more Hal ish in their in their presentation. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like. I need you to, you know, just, just in terms of the softness of the, of the, you know, comply, answer the question, you know, do the, you know, I mean, it was very, very, very soft and, and, and gestural versus commanding. Even though the directors were very, very much, you know, very much like, like meant, and you did what they, asked, what they asked you to do. But right. it, was, it was very much a soft touch, you know, and I found it to be kind of, that's kind, of, kind of disarming to some degree.
0: Yeah, did did you find sanctuary? There is no, no sanctuary. sanctuary. Unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. Unacceptable. <laughs> that was great.
1: You know, right, right. And when 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 faced with the reality, what it was, it was funny how the computer just re- rejected it so much to where it, it it burnt out. Right. It 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 couldn't it couldn't it couldn't appreciate understand the truth. It was weird. Like computers wouldn't do that. Computers just would keep reiterating, keep reiterating till you know you you would break down before they would. You know. So it was like because they. Because she, because the computer had empowered Logan to become that 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 thing that agent of of discovery, that it, it gave more gave Logan more weight in terms of what it discovered, what he discovered. It was, it was
0: weird, man. As far as revel, revel, revelatory moments go, what did you think of the ending? Where again they because I was thinking, okay, are they just going to leave Peter Houston off by this by the 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 the, the fountains, right? And eventually the city kind of blows up, the the dome blows up. And so all the people run out of the dome, and then they come over to where the uh, the fountains are, and they see Peter Ustinov. Right, and you know, th- like Dwight said, as it relates to the story, the, you know, these are all people who are under the age of thirty, so they're all young and good looking and, and virile and uh, and fresh. And he's you know old and has gray hair and wrinkles and cracks in his face, and they're kind of marveling at him. Mm-hmm. And you know this whole idea of like. You know, maybe even like a, a mild commentary of is not being obsessed with stop being obsessed with youth, yes, and embracing yes, much the, so. the fact that you're changing, and that you know you're you're going to go through a metamorphosis mm-hmm. from a you know baby to a younger person to an older person, and just kind of you know accepting accepting of of those things.
1: Yeah one one of the most one of the most true telling uh, sides of that was when when Jessica uh, touches uh, uh, you know old man it's called old man. Old man's face. Says, does that hurt? The cracking your face does that hurt? It's like no, it doesn't hurt. And he was so tickled to be touched by something other than a cat. Over, over. The, I imagine the decades he spent alone by himself that he was like, oh, ooh, you know, right? Kind of a, a semi-semi-orgasmic moment for him. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> he was t- he was touch starved. <laughs> right. He's like, then I jizzed in my Ponds. <laughs> you
0: know what? And that was, that was kind of the other thing too is that she was like, uh, come, come with us. Yeah, he was like, Yes, and once you know, is, Jessica says, Come with us. And then Logan says, Yeah, when they see you, then they'll believe they'll believe the us. Right. And then she's like, They've never seen a cat before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like you say, we never see anybody eating in the Dome City. Yeah. And we don't see any pets because, you know, if you have a pet, you know, you have to feed it and they probably just don't have enough food. So they're like, Okay, no pets. Right.
1: You know. It's weird, man. Yeah. So just, just, just how accepting that they were. And, you know, and, you, and think about it. Okay, this is, logistically speaking, it was right outside of, of Washington, where, where, mm-hmm. where the Dome City was built. Such a small area. I mean, such a small area to, to, for the last vestiges of life to exist. And there's a bigger world out there beyond yeah, yeah beyond those domes. And they haven't experienced any of that. And, and I'm wondering, like, I mean, obviously the, the world, I guess the world was still in, in ruins from whatever brought them to that level of, of degradation anyway. But it seems to me like, okay, yeah, there's got to be other little small fiefdoms, other little small things, like projects like this that were built that would have more, you know, interaction between, you know, the world and what was there. But apparently in this world, it wasn't, you know, so it was just weird. Everybody's shoved in a little hovel.
0: It almost kind of, it's almost like the, uh, the Walking Dead where, yeah. you know, you're in this place and, you know, you think, okay, well, we're the only ones here, but, you know, there are other versions of the same place everywhere, you know, to varying degrees of, you know, danger and, and you know, cutthroatness or whatever. Right. Uh, as we see on The Walking Dead. But like you said, you know, this is in D.C., so this is in America. There's got to be one of these in Europe and... You would think. You know, Asia and, you know, on, you know, in Africa or, you know, South America, what, what ha- you know, right. What have you. You know what I mean? Right. And so
1: you guys are the only ones living that way for uh, that period of time by yourselves and, you th- and you're in your own little little um you know um fragile sterile you know world you think everything revolves around you i mean because apparently the computers are doing a really good job of, of of perpetuating this thing because it's been going on for for decades and for for years i mean nobody yeah. questioned you know the fact that um that that the logan questions certain things or asks certain questions it's like for for france it was like oh you, you shouldn't be asking a question in the first place and what are you what are you what are you doing you know this is this is you know heresy you know the carousel is you'll be renewed i and He asked him the question: Have you seen anybody? Have you ever seen uh, Logan? Ask Logan. Logan asked Francis: uh, Have you ever, ever seen anybody renewed? For sure, I have. I've seen a couple people renewed. You had to think about it. You know, now you never seen anybody renewed, man. You know, right,
0: right. And then that's when he starts to realize: Okay, Francis is drinking the Kool Aid. You know, right. Um, and um, and 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 like you said, you know, Logan as you know, he actually is kind of like an undercover agent. You know, he's sent. Yeah, it's supposed to be. To, yeah. To find sanctuary, but he along the way kind of becomes uh a rebel to this system and or rebels against this system. Right. Uh, you know, in in the same way that uh that Jenny does, I mean that Jessica does. And I guess Jessica, do, do you think that she saw that in in him? And that's why she sought him out? Why why do you think she sought him out? That's a good question. I mean, I I feel as though that that she was
1: looking for yeah, I guess maybe she was. Maybe she did see that in him, you know? I guess through the conversation she had, because I imagine any other Sandman, look, look, at, look, at, how, look, look at how prodigious and how, how aggressive Francis was. He had two women. brought two women back to the, back to the crib to, to, for him and Logan to enjoy later on down the line. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, Jessica bailed on that. So I'm not hanging out for this stuff. You know what I'm saying? You want an orgy, go, go to the, the, the Red Room, whatever the case that was. But yeah, um, I think maybe she did see something inside him in terms of his questioning and his respect for her. You know, he gave her a certain amount of respect because she came back to to find out more about him, you know, and, and you know,
0: and she was uh, similarly impressed by uh, who he was. Um, Let me ask you something real quick. Did, did you catch when when Francis brought the two girls back and just as quickly as he brought the girls, uh, Jessica leaves and Logan just grabs them and jumps on the couch and Francis takes that powder thing and throws it up? Yeah. And then the powder that was drugs. It was cocaine, yo. Yeah, it was drugs. Yeah, that was drugs. I was like, oh god, they are getting ready to party. They are gonna turn up.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it was it was blatant, yo. It was like, wow, this is just a like a hedonistic society, like like gone wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like they they kept you, they keep you, they keep you doped up, and they keep you drugged up, and you just and you do whatever until carousel comes around. And you expect and to go to carousel and be and be renewed, or, or you know be be dealt with. I, I found the baby situation to be kind of strange, dude. Like in the very beginning, where they where they go into the the, the, uh, the nursery, mm-hmm. and it's like okay. So I never quite understood the level of, of I mean, I guess that you know, man produces sperm, woman produces produces egg, and they put them together and they cultivate them inside the machine. So they can mm-hmm. so they can steal the 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 the, the gem and the life clock. Soul, the life g- clock. I was gonna say, yeah. I'll say soul gem, you know, soul gem. The, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the life clock on the on their on their arm on their hands. And um, mm-hmm. it was just—it was weird. It was weird. They—they all, they all, they all have money It was all always on their left hand. It was all on their, they they change hands. I didn't notice. I think it was always the left hand. Okay, okay. Which you know has certain kinds of references to it too. You know, in terms of um, you know Christianity and biblical nature. You know, but um, yeah, man, it was—it was—it was, it was, it was weird, man. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, it, it was—you know—I I think I was probably more enamored. By certain scenes, as a kid, and I was obviously an adult. Cause we talk about some of the special effects that were just like totally like didn't, didn't hold up. You could see the trapeze <sighs> wires attached to their sides, dude. You know, you could see the the, the 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 plain hockey mask on their face. You know, and yeah, and and the 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 the, uh, the, the red and white leotards they wore. You know, it was like all kinds of moose knuckles, and you know, <laughs> I'll call
0: them the the blasters. Yeah, <laughs> you know, phew, phew, yeah. oh, and then you know, oh my god. The sparks
1: coming off of stuff. <laughs> yeah, man, and and you could, you can see like the the squibs that were blowing up in the walls. It it's like it's like okay. Yeah. And they and they were horrible shots. They 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 were they were the precursors of stormtroopers, dude. They were horrible shooters, man. They were like they they were, they were missing everything, dude.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It was it was bad. It was bad.
0: It was definitely bad. Um, last bit, man. Mm-hmm. Did you ever read the comic? And did you ever watch the TV series that came out afterwards? Okay, okay. Um, I did make the attempt to read the comic. Okay, you, you know the story
1: already. This this is this is a comic I I got beat for in 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 uh, in uh, in, uh, in Columbus, Georgia, for picking up because I shouldn't be reading comics of, off the off the uh, the, the shelves <laughs> of a of a of a of a white racist store. Are you serious? Yes, yes. He, he this this guy. My grandma told me not to go to the store. And, and 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 touch anything or read anything. And I went there, and you know, being from you know Illinois at the time, um, I was like, and my father had running a, a, a store. It wasn't a big deal to me. I was like going to look at the comics. I wasn't really le- reading it per se. I was leafing through it to see if I liked it, right? Mm-hmm. And apparently, he knew who my grandmother was, and he and he called back to, you know, my my. my, my my grandmother's house, snitch ass. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, and I got beat for picking up a comic and whatnot. Yeah. You know? So that that was that was the thing. So yeah, that was my first reading of Logan's Run. It should have been Dwight's Run. You know, Dwight should have ran from the belt or from the switch, right? or whatever the case may be. So yeah, that was that story.
0: I, thought I told that story before, yo. I think you maybe you did. I just don't I just don't remember in quite the detail. But I do remember yeah. you mentioned in Columbus, Georgia. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that was that was the reason I got beat for reading picking up Logan's Run. Yeah, first issue, with with the, with not, the was with that
0: the, the one with the George Perez cover? Yes, sir, it was.
1: Oh it yeah, it was awesome. Oh yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. so it it was kind of worth the beating, you will be honest, dude. But anyway, uh, from hindsight, but then I did see the television show, you mm-hmm. know, with that uh, and I, I I you know which was weird because of course they didn't hire Michael York for that. They hired some other pretty motherfucker, you know. But yeah, but then was I think that what um the character that stuck out the most. At the time, where two characters look at the most—if you call the environment a character—was that the guy who played the android uh, Moffat. Was I believe his name with the bushy eyebrows. He played, he played, he played the android in, in in the television series, which is a brand new invention. You know, okay. who's kind of like a uh, an escort to 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 Logan. Into uh, but he wasn't. He was very human. So it was like he was very much like a a precursor to Data from Star Trek. Right. And and uh, and that the other character was that horrible reused uh prop of a, of a of a um vehicle they all got into with uh-huh. a lot of noise it was very bumpy and very like you rather <laughs> walked than riding that thing that's how bad it was as far as as far as <laughs> the terrain was they okay. use the same mobile they use the same mobile and in, in, uh in six million dollar man yo when, he, when he's fighting that that that, that, an, that robot android that comes down that's supposed to be like soviet controlled use the exact same vehicle yo the yeah. exact same vehicle yo I was like, wow. So this is, a, this is a tour through the 70s special effects kids that, that we're, we're, we're talking about now where they weren't at the par at all. But they tried real hard. And you were immersed in it because the story was so enriching and so inviting that you were immersed in it. You believed it. You suspend your disbelief to believe that was a real thing.
0: Yeah. Well, not, not, just, not just because of the, uh, the greatness of the storytelling, but also because it was all we had, dog. It was all we had, sir. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's all we got. It's all we got. It's we all got. we got. <laughs> TMB, TMB. <laughs> That is it. That concludes this episode of Sidebar Forever, hosted by Dwight Clark, Swain Hunt, and Adrian Johnson. You can find us online at SidebarForever.com Any emails or questions can be directed to us at SidebarForever at gmail.com And also, subscribe to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram.